Welcome to Tech Grumps number 66, the show where grumpy geeks talk about technology in a grumpy way because they're grumpy. Um, with us this week... Yeah! Oh, fuck off. <laughs> that was Ian Forrester. <laughs> that was Ian Forrester. Do you want to introduce yourself, Ian Forrester, since you've already given us a fucking cheer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Forrester, uh, to be guarded. And Ian, Ian has just discovered the effects panel in Google uh, <laughs> Hangouts. Um, and uh, it's managing to... Yeah, it's going to be really fucking annoying. Show. <laughs> also joining us this week, another regular, David Eastman. Say hello, David. Hello, David. And my hands are by my sides, I'm not touching any effects. <laughs> uh, joining us this week, we also have Natalia Buckley. Hello, and I'm not using an effect because then Chrome hangs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning match of Google technologies there. <laughs> um, and also Andy Piper. Hello, Andy Piper. Also Andy Piper on Twitter, which is amazing. But hey, there you go. And I me, Tom Morris, stuff. and I'm Tom Morris pretty much everywhere. Um, because that's my name. Duh. Um, what are we going to talk about this week? Um, uh, we've got a few grumps lined up. Um, we've got a... Why does registration have to be so difficult? Um, Fitbit. Who's is that then? Mine. Uh, I'm really annoyed that... Um, I, bought, I bought two Fitbits now, actually. What's a um, Fitbit? Oh, I haven't actually got it... In my pocket, unfortunately. It's yeah, like I know everyone knows what it, it is like except me, but what is it? Ah, there you go. And it looks like one. a memory stick with a little uh, LED uh, LCD display on it. Oh, that's cool. It it's really cool. It's got the number of steps. Oh, I've got the wrong way up. Hold on. Yeah. And it's got um, it's got the distance and other bits and crap on it. Oh, there. right. It's an exercise. I walked around a lot more yesterday. Right. It's a very fancy um, uh, pedometer oh, that oh. connects to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, Ian, which one have you got? Which ones have you had? Um, so I had the one you just had um, when you got the ultra, and I yeah. I swapped it for the um, the one. Yeah. And um, it, I mean, they're fine, but you know, to set them up, you have to use a PC or a Mac. There's just no other way around there. Yeah. And it's really frustrating when you haven't got a PC uh, or a Mac. Yeah, or or VM running, or anything like that. And it's just like, ah. So oh, you mean Windows? Windows run that, right? Yeah, okay. so yeah, yeah, the Windows. Um, so it's just annoying, and you know, it just all it has to do is just connect to the internet, register the device. It's not that hard. It also does that over a clear, clear, unencrypted HTTP connection, which is really good. All the time that you have it near your little RF um, connector computer, it's pinging. In the cloud with a regular HTTP endpoint, which is really, really nice for security. And we're going to come on security, so let's... This is my third Fitbit Ultra. Um, I, one broke, and I lost one, and they sent me a new one, which is very, very nice of them. They are very nice people. But the newer one, the one you've got now, the one, is the one which is meant to connect up to the iPhone. So you'd think they were kind of moving in the direction of, you know, um, whatever, whatever, what did Apple call it? Te Non-tethered connectivity or whatever when they moved the the iPad away from having to connect to iTunes so um, yeah it's a bit of a shame 
But otherwise, I, I mean, the app is, is just really crap itself. It's just basically a, a web browser frame and a little window that sits on your Mac or PC. Yeah. Um, so there's no real no real reason why you can't use it. You shouldn't be able to use it on Linux, except they can't be asked. Um, people have reverse engineered the protocol, and so you can get something called libfitbit, which lets you read the data from the device. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's 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 one of my is that you know, it's all unencrypted. It's all very simple. It's just that they can't be asked. They cannot be asked, and it's, I I, mean, I know there's arguments again and again. Well. Linux is not a big enough market. Blah 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 blah. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm out now. With all the blahs in it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> with more blahs in it than that. And it's just like, I'm sorry. I'm. It's 2013. I've had enough. So. Wow. <laughs> so He's yeah. Had yeah, I've had enough. That's it. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, you, especially, I, mean, I the feedback is, I, I, I switched the. The Fitbit because um, I thought the new one has um, what's it called um, Bluetooth 4.0, and yeah. I should be able to get it working on my laptop or um, with my um, HEC, which actually has um, Bluetooth 4.0. But obviously, the application is, as you said, just a web framework, so it's never going to you know, support it. Anything that supports it right now is um, iOS. Uh, applications and it's just like ah uh, uh, anyway I've had enough <laughs> uh, I'll keep on using it but it's just annoying me so yeah understandable okay um I, I, actually well the he's current, got his name on. up there I know it's incredible that's that's using an awesome Google tool uh, hangout feature called Toolbox which you can install. Which I used on a hangout on air this week, so I'm just showing off, really. <laughs> cool. Okay. Right. Anyway, I'm not going to edit that out. So, so let's just let's just carry on. Um, I, I was very tempted, I've got to say, to um, to try switching to the Nike Fuel Band. Oh no! Don't want to do that. Well, be more it's it's right? too blingy. It's on your like you know, it's on your wrist. It's like some blingy bling thing. What do you want to do that for? <laughs> But I mean, the, the main thing is that I, I've heard that it's a lot easier to get going. So, well, they've actually got a proper API that you can use uh, for, as an app developer as well, which might be interesting. But um, I don't know. I like Fitbit. I'm I'm a fan. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I, I take I take your point. It's way too hard to use. This this is my the registration. This is the Fitbit Bluetooth dongle, which I'm going to ignore Tom's face. So, Tom is not <laughs> looking very very grumpy right now, so he's obviously in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, so this, yeah, they they supply you a uh, uh, Bluetooth 4.0 um, adapter, but yeah, once again, it's kind of. But does it detect your walking steps or? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it does, it does all that. So Ooh. the interesting thing about it, I discovered, I saw them at the web, and the interesting thing about it, the way that they detect how many flights of steps you've gone up today is the the air pressure or something, or the the atmospheric pressure. Oh, it can get it can get hugely wrong, of course. Um, yeah, so that's not very. Well, that really I was, I was yeah, wondering well. about that because it, it did seem to get it wrong sometimes, but yeah, you know, scarily accurate sometimes. So cool. Okay, well that I mean, that was basically my grump. I mean, I just think that. We're at this point now where, you know, just to register a display device, you know, should be pretty straightforward. It should know. be as simple as basically going, and it's done. You know, kind of, 
That doesn't really come across, does it? Kind of blinking. <laughs> no, I was, like, was going to say, you got to take your head back to the screen. screen. Or head back <laughs> the screen. Head back screen uh, it looks a bit like you were taking a poop, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> it should be that simple, yeah. It's, well, well, actually, it's funny enough, because actually on the one that I got now, you have to type in, you press a button, and it comes with a number, you type that into a browser. So it's like, well, well why cannot this, why does this not work on Ubuntu? Or on, yeah, on any links of wise. Anyway, enough. <laughs> Let's go to we can always, uh, I'm going to, no, I think we should blame Canonical. I, I, that's my, my, I decided. Blame Canonical. Really? We, we blame They're Canonical in that last, last one, so I don't want to blame Canonical too much. Oh, okay. They might go up there. <laughs> we'll invite them on one day. Anyway, so moving on. Hey, just a quick question. Does anyone know how to switch it so it, it switches the, the windows depending on who's talking? Because I'm. This is very meta. Alright, anyway, we should discuss it after the show. Yes, okay, fair enough. Right, so security, let's do security, because there's a hell of a lot of security to be talking about. Oh my. Um, <laughs> where do we where start? Do we start? Who, who so, so let's start with Rails. Let's start with Rails. Um, Rails, Rails has had some interesting issues in the last week or so. Um, first of all, we had the issue with uh, um, the multi-YAML gem, which basically meant that everyone on the fucking planet had to install an updated version of uh, Ruby on Rails um, because it basically meant that you could have arbitrary code execution on every Rails application. Um, horrible then. Cool. Sorry? So yeah. Fucking database. <laughs> <What's the difference>? <laughs> <laughs> um, because basically what you have is you have YAML, which is a, a format designed basically because Ruby people don't like XML, which is understandable <laughs> in some ways. No, 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 it's not understandable. Nobody likes XML. I like XML a lot. Ian likes XML. I like XML, but not for the reasons that lots of people like XML. Anyway. YAML just gained foothold a little bit before Jason in, in Ruby. Yeah. In the Ruby world. Um, and and it's you use it for things like storing the usernames and passwords of your database and things like that. Um, which is all fine, but the problem is is that the the library that people are using um, or that, that Rails is depending on does all sorts of crazy fucked up conversions. For instance, letting you embed XML within YAML or YAML inside XML. No, that's just disgusting. Um, <laughs> because, you know, why would you want to embed something that's line sensitive inside an XML file? You know, that's line length and new line sensitive inside a format which basically says eh, fuck, you can do whatever you like with it um, in terms of new lines. So that was stupid. Uh, but one of the things that's useful about YAML is that it allows you to embed Ruby code inside YAML, which if you're using it in the context of a Rails app is actually quite useful. For instance, you might want to make it so that instead of hard coding your database uh, settings into the application, it reads them from the environment. But unfortunately, when you let people send that stuff to you At over the point, web, a red light should be flashing. The, the red idea. That's yeah. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things which so the reason that this works is that YAML helpfully has a mode which lets you s automatically convert YAML objects into Ruby classes. Sweet. So you have a bunch of data, and the YAML interpreter reads it and says, "Ooh, this looks like a." class of whatever, 
let me instantiate an object of type whatever. Now, when you instantiate an object of type whatever, the initialize method gets called on you when it gets initialized, which means that whatever is in that gets run. This is rather a big security issue because it, as I said, allows arbitrary code execution. So, so there was that. Um, there was one rather major victim of this, which was a BitTorrent uh, exchange, not BitTorrent, a, um, uh, what's it called? Bitcoin. Bitcoin exchange website, um, who lost lots of money as a result of this, or lots of pretend electronic money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I expect the, the free market libertarian Bitcoin supporters are now kicking themselves that they didn't keep their money in a government-backed insured uh, system for, <laughs> you know, yeah, deposits. I'm, I'm sure they are kicking themselves. Um, it's, it's quite nice to see you pick up an IAT, however many thousand pounds of uh, deposit insurance, isn't it? Um, anyway, so there was that. Uh, there was then, more recently, um, the website where Ruby libraries, known as GEMS, are stored, had a rather bigger issue. Somebody managed to use this exploit to get into there and have access to the server where all Ruby programmers download libraries from. And this is even more awesome because lots of Ruby programs dynamically download and update, especially when you do things like deploying to Heroku or other platforms. So yeah. that, uh, and for example, I regularly run gem update on my system, yeah. which I felt pretty and, shit about on Friday morning. Yes. Bundle install and lots of other things. Hence Heroku pretty much stopped when they realized that. Yeah. I think most of most Ruby programmers in the world suddenly decided it might be an idea to not download any more new libraries. And the other thing that's worth noting is that Ruby programmers tend to be rather um, rather library dependent, more than mm -hmm. so than other programmers. Um, to a point recently where somebody I know downloaded a Rails application, um, ran bundle install, and was completely baffled by the fact that their screen kept on scrolling for three pages. Um, and said, what the fuck, what have you done? And then we had to point out to him that these were all standard dependencies of Rails. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's kind of fun. And, I think uh, two interesting things that came out of it was the realization that despite the fact that um, you're always told that you shouldn't accept any random input and assume it's safe, um, suddenly it turns out that major libraries are accepting input that's not sanitized and cannot be going safe, the young person library. And also the fact that the um, Ruby gems uh, mostly don't have to do any cryptographic signing when they're uploaded to the repository. Yeah, that's... So it's basically fashion. running on trust. It's the same um, with Node, to be, be honest. It's you know, NPM, NPM um, publish is just completely straightforward and simple and unsecured, so. The, the thing that's most amazing about this is it's almost as if um, other, other languages have dealt with these problems. Really? Um, yeah. Like, J2E had all these problems, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, with arbitrary code execution because of crazy shit people were doing with XML. Um, 
you know, and eventually they reach a kind of point of maturity where you have something that's fairly horrific but works, like Maven. And this, and this is what you end up with, with, where you end up with Ian Forrester, right? Something what? fairly horrific that works, but like XML, right? Can <laughs> <laughs> I just point out, right? That's not very nice. XML is not, XML is not to blame for this. Yeah. No, YAML is to blame for this. Um, and, and fucking programming hipsters who don't care about security and care about shiny things care, uh, you know, part of the reason for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say YAML is, is behaving well within the Ruby community, but the Ruby community is not big on security and never have been. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. So, and then, then what happened next? Oh, well, um, what else have we had? So I was among the uh, 250,000 users, and it's, it's, specu it's speculated so the first 250,000 users were, had their details um, snarfed by some outsider off of Twitter. Now, I mean, one of the important things to note there is that Twitter, of course, used to be a Rails app and is now primarily written in Java, so it's almost certainly nothing to do with that vulnerability. It's something to do with the ongoing uh, interest in large... American companies and their massive user databases. It sounds like you know the the, the passwords and so on were hashed and sorted and so on. So you know, and, and the password I've always used for Twitter has been 100% unique to, to my use of that service as opposed to anything else. Hmm. But um, yeah, a bit 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 upsetting and worrying. At least they sent everybody an email and reset all the sessions and so on. Yeah, except I couldn't remember for the life of me what the particular email they were gonna have, I was going to connect to it. So I mean, well, that one was it a telephone number? I can't remember. It was years ago. Well, two two things. So the thing about it, right? So um, the first one was I was surprised actually that. I got a, a email through from Twitter saying, you know, about this. I was, I, it was late at night, and I was like, "This looks like a, a fraudulent email, but it's the right email address." Uh, I'm gonna see. I looked on my tech meme, and I saw. Okay, it was all over there. It was a right over four for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, it was, it was really so, early. so one of those things which would be really sensible is if you've got a situation like that in the future. Post about it. Post about it on your blog and email people, and post a link to the blog post in the email so people can say, "Oh, it's on the Twitter blog. I can go and check that." Yeah. Um, okay. That would have been. I would have been cryptographically signed emails, but why would you want to do that? That's for crazy crypto. That's for the that's for the free That's for That's for the big. The Bitcoin guys. Um, but there's a little for hat effect here in Google Hangouts. Sorry? <laughs> I'm looking for a tinfoil hat in there. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sadly not. Okay, we all um, put our tinfoil hats on. So, you know, so, so actually, two, two other things, just quickly. Is, um, the first one was, uh, I got my I got an email on my usual Cuba Garden account, um, but also I got another email to my geek, to Geek Dinners, which I completely forgot that I actually own the Twitter account for, um, which was kind of, oh, my God, is that tinfoil? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so that was like, but the other thing I was going to say is I can't quite worked out what this means, but it's interesting that um, it's the first 250,000 people. What's that say about Twitter's infrastructure and how they're doing this? It's fucking insane. It's the answer. Okay. Well, uh, the, fact, the fact that, um, you know, We've been having all this thing with like getting your old tweets out, 
Um, yes. They've got this weird, crazy, fucked up sharding system that I don't think they even understand it, let alone anybody else. They said they said actually that you know this being able to download all your tweets thing. They said, yeah. oh yeah, it's gonna it's it's all gonna be available by the uh, the end of January. So uh, I got mine. Can I download my tweets? No. Can you not still download yours over? Well, why do everybody want to download their tweets suddenly? Because it's I good. I can't get mine. I can access all the data which you've inputted into Twitter. Yeah. Is kind of nice because it was ages ago. Backupify offered everyone free accounts, so you could have done it then. I mean, yeah, but yeah. you, can't, you couldn't go back. You couldn't go back to the beginning if you'd been a prolific tweeter. So I saw Chris and Anishchik at um, Monkey Grower. Uh, 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 there. What day are we on? Sunday, Thursday, and Friday, and uh, told him that I still didn't have access to mine, and he said he'd see what he could do. So. Oh, okay. I it's should probably pretty... find somebody from Twitter and shout at them. Well, I, I still haven't seen mine, but that's because I haven't reset my password. So. <laughs> <laughs> but go do that now. <laughs> I'll, I'll go and do that in a minute, probably. Yeah, there's plenty of friendly internal Twitter, Twitter people, if that's an issue. I, I, I kept on seeing people saying, where is my Twitter lifetime set of stuff? I don't know why you're all so interested, but... If, it's, oh. if, it, if they're offering it now, fair enough. I, my I, data. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's our data. Throwaway shit. Well, no, 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 no. It's, you keep exactly. Christmas cards forever? Come on. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, I look back through my archive. It's really interesting. I might actually, I might actually host it, actually. Um, it's Join quite, the club. Yeah, it's quite useful um, to go back through and... And just see what you've been talking about and who you, you were, were talking, talking about to. shit for years, Ian. I'm telling you now. I mean, this is evidence. <laughs> well, so last last year, I actually went through the the legal process you could go through as an EU citizen to request. Oh yeah. Um, and this is going to be a lot easier if I can just click a button and get it uh, downloaded. And um, there's also some really good apps like um, oh that one that um, Gina Trapani works on. Oh, um, think up. Yeah, think up, yeah. think up, which lets you do things like analytics and stuff and, and, and so on. So I, I really like. I don't know if they've added the feature to import all your old tweets into Think Up app yet, but, but that would be really good. I still don't understand why um, someone like Identica hasn't gone. Ah, let's import all your old tweets into into our system. Because but you Identica... can only access. Uh, sorry, you can only access the last three thousand tweets via Twitter API. So. But if, yeah, you, but when, if you own them, then you should be able to put them in. Yeah, but when you when you get the download, it'll come with a um, it'll come with a um, giant CSV um, that you can you know use or JSON or whatever. Yeah, but all, yeah, you can, okay, you get JSON and you get a CSV. So, uh, no. The CSV is sucky compared to the JSON, apparently. Yeah, okay, but the whole point right is that there should be right. So now people already have this kind of uh, these. You know these um, these data dumps, right? So mm-hmm. someone should be going. We'll offer you free lifetime, whatever, if you import all your Twitter data into our system. Why? Because if someone like Identica would want that, you know, that many users to join them. Okay. Maybe. 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 Okay. All right. Well, maybe <laughs> not then. <laughs> I, I just think it's like a, okay, right? So, so like Google then, Google should be kind of going, oh yeah, okay, well look, import your your tweets in here. Yeah, that. So, so for Google, it would make actually make arguably make a lot of sense, given they they probably got some very sophisticated analytics. But absolutely, I, I don't know. I, I still think it's um, 
I mean, I just I just like the idea that I'm able to retain a copy of my own data and, and keep it. I, I think that's the most important aspect for me. Oh yeah, I mean, no, I mean, as a, as someone who was like obviously, um, what you know, the portability group, I totally agree. You know, I just I like the fact that I own it and I I do regular Facebook dumps. Now, actually, interestingly enough, I've not tried to do a, another Twitter dump because I'm interested to see. If the new stuff would also be in there, or is it just a one-time deal um, and that's it? You know, because I want it to now be more of a sync thing. Where okay, I've done it once. Now give me the rest of it. Yeah. Since I did that, you know. I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure they're just doing full full-scale dumps each time. But hey, would be interesting to find out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be great. Although it still begs the question. Um, about I would, I really would like to get access to um, for example I would like to be able to go and see uh, all the tweets that were mentioned that mentioned a certain hashtag going all the way back that kind of thing mm. which is yeah which is not going to happen but anyway if, if, right. if only there was some kind of um, surface on the internet that could search pages that are on the web. Yeah, um, <laughs> you could so use cool. that. <laughs> uh, it could, no. it, it could be called? provided by a, a company called G G uh, yeah. Google. What are you talking about? Oh no, Bing, Bing. Sorry. <laughs> I'll Bing that. <laughs> oh, Bing. Anyway, effects. <laughs> I've recently used Bing to find a pub in London, and it led me to wrong place. No, really? Yeah. There one chance, and they screwed it up. <laughs> to, to be fair to no. Bing, they do do one very nice thing, which is that they let um, OpenStreetMap use all their um, satellite imagery for free, um, which means we can use it to, I don't know, trace maps of North Korea, that kind of thing. Okay. That's which, still not actually, enough. I should, should bring that up. I bring that up. Um, uh, Google this week launched new maps of North Korea, mm. um, which is and that's of interest to who? Community to go. It's not of interest to anyone in North Korea. Yeah, it's <laughs> well. We've been the OpenStreetMap community has been basically <laughs> seen this as a challenge and said, "We're just going to completely go and blanket map everything we can find in North Korea um, from satellite maps." And it's been fun tracing lots of little small rivers and stuff and trying to wonder which buildings are concentration camps and which ones are just houses. Ooh, easy. <laughs> you know, okay. what else are you going to do in the evening? Watch TV? <laughs> um, so just just so quickly, just back to Twitter and the security thing. Um, am I right in saying that Twitter were blaming... The same hackers as the guys that were like hacking to New York Times. Um, yeah, there was a suggestion that it was a, a series of um, ongoing hacks from from China hmm. uh, that had affected the Washington um, Post and various other. Um, have news they agency. got? Have they got any proof of this? No, I think it's just. I think it's just. Let's smoosh together a whole bunch of uh, random allegations and uh, and assume that it's all obviously the fault of the Chinese. Mm. 
I think it's old Twitter developers, either Blaine Cook or something, has come in and decided to break the system because they're angry, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell you don't support them. <laughs> What's that thing that he did, that, um, that little money thing? Um, what's it called? You know what I'm all about, come on. Bank, bank Simple. Bank Simple? No. Who is no, it you're talking about? Blaine Cook? Or are you talking yeah. about David Blaine? Oh no! No, the one. Um, what's his name? Um, the guy from Twitter, one of the founders of Twitter. Oh, you mean Square? Square. Square. That's it. Square. 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 I was confused because another Twitter employee went and worked for a company called Bank Simple. Yeah, sorry, not not Blaine. I kind of got. Yeah. Anyway, Blaine is doing Poetica at the moment. He spoke at Poetica as well. Yeah. Poetica. Yeah. So like Identica, but for wankers. So you can identify poets. Are you a poet? No. Okay, sorry, wrong service. Oh my goodness. Oh, Tom. Should we move on to Tom? Yes, let's move on, please. Moving on. Okay, so what's the next topic? Oh, I don't even check. Um, we've got uh, Antigua, the new pirate island. Oh yes, um, and obviously um, the the BitTorrent launches private and secure Dropbox alternative. Is that called storing things on your server? <laughs> Pretty much. You, sorry, a new pirate island. Yeah. So um, yeah. you hear about this story? So Antigua got really. They were like. Screw you, uh, America, and your <laughs> all the other copyright nations. At least um, in the right accent. Screw you, America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna host it here, America. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They kind of got off and done that, and uh, you know, I would, what can you say? Is there, is there, is there a space? And obviously, they're they're making a killing from hosting all those. Um, Poker sites, so you know. Is this where the Pirate Bay is going to move? Move well, over to Antigua. Maybe. I mean, don't forget the, the Pirate Bay has gone 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 cloud, so they yeah. can host it anywhere they like. So they can easily have it running in Antigua. Yeah. Yeah, but no one uses Pirate Bay anymore, do they? Because it's not immediately obvious to get the URL. Really? Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. Just... <laughs> really? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that. Uh, let me just check the Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's quite easy to get it. Really? Oh no. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, think about Antigua. This is sounding. I don't know if you, anyone's read Neil Stevenson's stuff, Cryptonomicon. Half of the book, actually, the book, yeah. to be honest, was about a sort of data island, um, which obviously sounds like Antigua are not copying the whole lot. But I'm, I'm interested in this idea of sort of a ge geographical internet separation. Uh, if that's what they're after for, um, well, for legal reasons. I think. I, think, you know, I mean, I, I remember I had a I had a server for a short period of time in. Panama. How, how do you know it was in Panama? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I knew it was in Panama. What you you, you started it? Um, <laughs> uh, it was in Panama for certain reasons. 
Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> cheap hosting. <laughs> yeah, very cheap hosting. Very cheap hosting. But um, yeah, very was... very long uh, ping times though. Oh uh, yeah, kind of. Compared yeah, to actually, London. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the key thing was, yeah, it was you know, it was a choice because I could have switched between Canada, New York, or uh, Panama, and yeah, having it in Panama was an advantage. So. You know. But there's one thing I don't quite understand about this case. I understand that okay, World Trade Organization can decide that um, um, if one nation is, has been wronged by another nation with regards to um, trade embargoes, they can use their retribution thing to sort of get back at them. So why don't all the nations under various trade embargoes do that? They could easily make a killing. Um, probably because they don't give enough of a shit. <laughs> I think the thing about it is the kind of want to be seen as it would be seen in a certain light, and I don't know. I I, I don't. I also don't know. You know. Um. Because hmm. I mean, if um, you know, various countries are trying to force Iran not to uh, build um nuclear weapons, why doesn't Iran just start selling films without paying Hollywood and make loads of money and then be able to, I don't know, buy whatever they like? I think, I think there's definitely, um, ooh, like, for example, if you, if you found out that, um, uh, I don't know, it's, I think it's a perception thing, it's a perception thing, so if you are seen to be doing work or dealing in a certain with certain people your reputation starts to wane and that works on a, a worldwide stage as well but so it's okay for Antigua to basically disregard copyright laws for a period of time so they can make back the money that they've lost because of American trade embargoes uh, but it's not okay f I don't understand it's a lacuna isn't it because as you say it's just a hole in time before they catch up and realise the loss is going to be bigger than any gain they made and, that's fair. and that, that goes for anyone, anyone else as well uh, it has to be done en masse before it's going to be of any use individuals breaking for a while will just get isolated and lose out anything they gain yeah mm. as with all agreements you know, nuclear or otherwise <laughs> okay, that's not quite so true for nuclear, but sort of. Because <laughs> Israel may go and bomb you, which doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't know what happens when the Walt Disney Company gets nukes. Oh God! Star Wars becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, right the other story, the. Um... The Dropbox um, competitor. Okay. Is it actually going to compete? Well, I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, I think that the whole area of like um, a Dropbox equivalent type thing is actually quite interesting, and um, and if it's based on on standard technology like BitTorrent, that's quite interesting. Um, I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm assuming that Dropbox has survived this long because everybody assumed they were about to die because 
Google will eat their lunch and everyone else will eat their, eat their lunch. And for some reason, it hasn't happened. Because nobody wants to go for that business because surely it's not really there. It's just, you know, it's just a lot of people have Dropbox accounts because they've been around for some time. But you, you get the feeling that it's far too close to things that Google are doing or even, I suppose, to a smaller extent, Facebook are doing. So uh, Google, Google have tried it, right? With Google yeah. Drive. Yeah. And it sort of no, works. Yeah. Microsoft, but, but it was SkyDrive and sort of... If, if, but if, the thing yeah. is, is that Dropbox, the reason I think they're succeeding is because they have actually come up with something that's really fucking simple that works. Yeah, I, I think and that's... And it isn't it, tied it, in with all yeah. these big companies, yeah. so you can sort of actually trust it slightly more in the sense that... There's a way back a year and a half. There's any trust aspect, it just happens to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think when they did their shared box thing recently, that was as confusing as a Google thing. But, but ignoring that, um, yeah, they, they've, they've, they've done the, we'll just do it, we'll just make it work. Whereas you, I do expect Google to do something like that. They have done something like that, but as is usually it, been more confusing. So again, what 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 did BitTorrent well, think they're going to do? I haven't read the proposals, but um, it seems a strange one because they're building something which, okay, so it's going to be built into uTorrent, which is Windows only um, at the moment. Actually, no, I, there is now uTorrent for the Mac, but unlike Dropbox. I don't see them how then you know the BitTorrent name comes with a certain uh, set cachet. of issues. Well, cachet <laughs> for the hacker crowd, You're but pirate. will that cachet work when they're trying to get an app into the iOS market? <laughs> yeah, BitTorrent well. Inc. have submitted an app to the App Store. Yeah, that's going to go down really well. <laughs> <laughs> they start with a little pirate flag waving. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, given how true. long it took for Google Voice to get in the App Store, and given how many business users now have iPhones and iPads and everything else's, you know, that seems like it could be an interesting issue. Um, same with Android. You know, you, you know, actually competing against Dropbox means you're going to actually have to have stuff for all of these different devices because people just won't use it if, there isn't, if it isn't available. Yeah, and even if they do use it, I don't understand what what BitTorrent's going to gain from that. What are they going to put advertising on it? Or something? What what what's 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 the point for it? What, what's in it for the end? I think we're all missing the really important point, which is that the House of Representatives has blocked um, Spotify, which is a peer-to-peer -peer service, because because it's a peer-to-peer -peer service and therefore threatens their security internally. Not, of course, because they're worried about using all their bandwidth with music streaming into the House of Representatives when they should be talking about law. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> to be fair, they may be coming up with musical accompaniment. <laughs> I, I think it's just—I think it's just like the Americans continuing giving Spotify a hard time, which they seem to have done for the last eight. So it feels like the last eight years. It's probably not that long, but it seems like Spotify have been trying to get in, you know fully into the states for ages and ages. And well, I, mean, I, I, I think John Boner doing. Uh, sorry, John Boner. I'm not allowed to call him John Boner. Um, <laughs> I think John Boehner doing freestyle rap to Spotify would be bloody awesome. But I, I mean, a lot of companies, and in fact, um, in fact, a very large company I worked for for ten years blocked, ostensibly blocked peer-to-peer -peer services for a time, including Skype, purely because they were peer-to-peer -peer and therefore they were dangerous. Yeah, I, 
I, I know what you mean. I do what you mean. And actually, I, I, I look at the plans for like what Dropbox are doing. Um, I think they're kind of like they they they're starting to move way out of that field. Um, and they got what they got this kind of like obviously this base of just really nice syncing, very lightweight, which is one of the key things. Um, that what is the Andy doing? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very lightweight, and and that's the key thing because I I've actually got the functionality on um on my um what's it called my other sharing service, and but it's so heavy and it's the client is a nightmare and it doesn't ugh. so yeah Dropbox are really they 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 are well ahead whatever they do and I think you're right yeah as soon as you say BitTorrent everyone goes oh my god are you talking about piracy you know peer to peer oh no we can't have any of that stuff on our network no you just say I am I'm talking about the protocol which Facebook used to deploy uh, updates to their servers I just thought I that's, that's what wash. That would wash. <laughs> no, that's how they do it. Because Facebook I... is a is a one point five gigabyte binary file, I, I... <laughs> which they no. I'm not joking. It's a one point five gigabyte binary oh. file which they distribute oh. by uh, oh. by BitTorrent to all their servers. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, should we move on? I think that's, I think that's B, the BBC. It does exactly the same thing. The whole of the BBC is something like a, a two gigabyte binary file, isn't it? It's like the whole of their entire infrastructure. So. That would surprise me. The BBC is a big and complex and diverse organisation. Yeah, but you know, they, they've got very smart people at their research team that, that you know, managed to squash it all down into almost nothing. <laughs> well, I've now seen the name that BitTorrent are going to use for this service, and it's called Share, which is so unsexy, it's never going to work anyway. Because <laughs> it's spelled yeah. <laughs> If you believe... <laughs> pirate Share or something. Jesus Christ. Okay, should we move on? Next subject? Oh, Trazzy. Why did you build a BitTorrent sharing server? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Um, is this the the Vine one? Vine, the Vine. I think Nathan added this one. I I know. I'm just looking at Vine right now to see if I can see anything offensive. Um, hold on. What do you, what do you, uh, uh, okay, this is the thing. I, uh, do you? I'm not having an Apple League thing or anything. I, I mean, I look at Vine Peak. Is is Vine? When you say Vine, are you also looking at the current ones or random stuff or? Yeah, this is Vine right now. It's busy. It's doing something. Oh, oh, it's loading. Oh, look, there's a Vine. Okay. Let's have a look. Okay, so Vine Peak is the same sort of thing. Right. Superman in the record store. So basically what happened earlier, so Twitter launched its thing. Well, they actually bought a company called Vine, and then they pivoted it. And it's now this six-second video sharing site, which I really was amused by because I was an early adopter of 12 seconds and seized Mick when that, that was all kind of all the rage a couple of years ago. Both mm. of which have since gone away or changed what they were. Um, 12 seconds has died. I mean, it's quite interesting because um, with the like twelve seconds turned into six seconds. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but it is quite interesting because I mean, number one, the app's designed in quite a nice way, and secondly, um, you can do things like stop motion video and things, which is kind of popular at the moment, and also animated gifs. I mean, a six-second video. I think there's a site that's come out which lets you convert your vines into animated gifs as well, just for that, you know, 
all the way around um, retro nonsense. Oh, you um, think that's, that's Twitter will allow avatars from Vine, do you reckon? Oh, no, I doubt it. Oh. Um, but either way, I'm sure they'll manage to get advertising in there as well. But either way, initially, they um, they had no filtering on there at all, and you could search for any rude thing, and you find plenty of those rude things. Yeah, I was um, actually, it's, it's almost like the web. I've yeah, seen nothing. I, I, was, I, I watched Vine Peak for a good hour, and I saw... Yeah. No, no they filtered, movies and no porn. They filtered it very fast. They filtered it very fast within 24 hours of being, you know, the big, the big stories going up. You can still find a couple of dodgy tags. I think, I think NSFW is there, but most of the other obvious words you're not going to find now because it just blanks the search. Um, and I'm sure uh, we can come up with some. I've done, I've done some uh, research in, in, in the name of the show. Research. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, they, they actually had one as an editor's pick, I think, that was something deeply inappropriate as an editor's pick by accident. Yeah. Um, oh, according to Google, it's called, the, the editor's pick was called Dildo Play. All right. Oh. Let's have a quick, let me see if I can find that one. Explore, search. The thing is, you can only search for people or tags. You can't search for titled things, so let's try that. Um, oh, yeah, okay, there we go, hash. Oh, no, the, it vanished as soon as I finished typing the first bit of the word. Oh. So mm. there's a great cartoon. Uh, there's a Do, great does little cartoon. Does anybody want to see this, by the way? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no. for the purpose of research. <laughs> I'm up for research. These all look, these all look entirely, entirely like people just tweet, tagging themselves with that word now just to get additional hits. Okay, right. Boring. Boring. No good. Okay. But, so you know, to, I'm so it's quite useful then. Not, not just right. for porn. It's, it's not it's just useful for others. There's, for example, there's a hash SP47, so a Super Bowl one right, right now going on. Um, the Super Bowl? Yeah. I thought it was a Super Owl. No, the Superb Owl. Super Owl, that's it. Super no, the owl. Superb Owl. No, the Superb Owl you can't find anything about on Twitter. I don't think it really exists. But, I mean, <laughs> Google blocks the Superb Owl. Yeah, I like that. I found, um, I found a cartoon. It, which is annoying. Which... It starts just a loop like this. You want to see oh. it over and over again? It's quite just loops and loops. Okay, right. I found a cartoon which is supposed to it, desc it describes Vine, and it's got Instagram. Look at my sushi. Vine. Look at my sushi for six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I might, I might download it just to have a little play. Oh, no, it's definitely if you just watch Vine Peak for. I wouldn't suggest you do it for an hour because that's bad. But just I for found porn. Great fun. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, Am I the only person who's not seen any porn on that? I, I guess for the purpose of... Um, Search for a sext. Sext? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Sext. <laughs> I need to install the app Oh, 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 my. Oh, my. Oh, no. no. Quite the close-up. <laughs> no, no, I didn't want to see that. Why did you make me do that? <laughs> this podcast will be interrupted while we all look at Vine. <laughs> that is, um, oh my, yes. So what's the app called? Vine. I don't know for Vine, but I can't... Try searching for Vine Twitter. Oh, okay. Twitter. Yeah, if you, if you just go to Vine.com, you won't find what you want. Or find Twitter Inc, and then just find the apps by Twitter Inc. Oh, yeah. And it's got loads of wine stuff. I was like, uh, I don't think that's it. Yeah. I got, well, I got 
A little vine, a little icon. It's, uh, it's like a green V icon. Um, let's just do a search for Twitter. Anyway, okay, so carry on, because I can't see the fire thing right now, but I'll find it. Try for Twitter Inc. I'm just doing that now. Yeah, I'm just doing that, and then going to other applications. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Let's see if I can find this app on my HP Pre. Oh, I can't. That's a surprise. This makes uh, really good listening. No. Yeah. yeah, no. I've, yeah, well, I've really got porn for the radio. Yeah. It's a yeah, wonderful Twitter idea. Vine. Twitter Vine. Twitter Vine. Just type Twitter space Vine, and that's the first thing that comes up. Okay. Actually, it's made by a company called Vine Labs Inc. rather than Twitter. Ah, uh, yeah. I just did a. Um. So, listeners, um, Tom just found something very interesting and threw it up. To be fair, it was just some porn that I found and it wasn't on Vine. I just thought it would be fun to troll you all <laughs> while having the troll face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not finding anything, but. <laughs> That's that's for Twitter Vine. Anyway, don't worry about it. I'll find it later. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet a Vine right now of you guys. Okay. <laughs> that's meta. Oh. Yeah, I thought, thought so. Um. So yeah. Anyway, right. Move on because otherwise we'll be on Vine <laughs> the rest of the. <laughs> you put your your um, troll face away, please. Uh, Tom Morris. Oh, oh God. what is that? I don't want to know what that is. Um, anyway, so what's the what's the what's the last subject? I think there's one more subject, isn't there? Uh, there probably there? is, but uh, and, no, there isn't actually. But I can bring one up. Um, which is um, so I was having a, a a jolly good rant the other day um, about the interconnectivity between devices and. Um, how we basically haven't really got anywhere on that front. Ah, um, uh, okay. Well, go on. So, so, um, so I've been playing around with the W3C geolocation API, which some of you may or may not know about. Um, it's a JavaScript call you can call in a web app, which tells you where you are. This works great on mobile phones, by the way, um, because mobile phones have GPS devices in them, as most most people now know. Doesn't work so well on desktops because for some <laughs> reason um, a device that's the same size as an iPad um, but has a keyboard is not a mobile device, but a device which is an iPad does have a GPS because it's a mobile device, um, which seems a pretty arbitrary distinction to me, right? Um, <laughs> and right. Uh, so, so it seems just like why haven't we actually gotten anywhere with regards to connecting up desktops and mobiles for actually interesting and useful things other than transferring files between them. Um, so Ubuntu... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> sorry, people. Andy has made a, a vine of us doing tech grubs. Where is it? That strange effect... Meta, 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 meta. search for hash tech grubs inside vine, but otherwise go on Twitter and go to the link. I'll just tweet it. Um, it works. Yeah, so also, um, so yeah, uh, Tom, um, you see what Ubuntu did a while back with um, 
Ubuntu for Android. Uh, that was interesting. Yes, but was it? that doesn't really solve the same, the same problem, which is that you have all this interesting and useful data that's in your phone, and you're using it at the same time as you're using a device like a laptop. Oh, I see. And you want it to? You can. You can actually. I yeah. Got you what you mean. So your your laptop should be able to know where your phone is. Right. And there okay. kind of isn't any really easy way of doing that. You can well, use Bluetooth and you can use GPSD, and that's great if you're the sort of person who recompiles their kernel. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, RF, HTTP, MQTT. What's MQTT? Oh, it's the same thing I have to. I'm contractually obliged to mention on every show I appear on, so don't worry about that. No, it's, 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 Andy, Andy, so Andy, Andy has given me a list of of ways you can do these things. Yeah, no, this I is totally, fine. I take your point. What you're talking about is is more transparent ability for these things to be aware of one another. Yeah, um, yeah. and we haven't built it because right. we've got all these wankers who are going on about the cloud all the time, and they haven't actually realised that there is actually a really really good path to go between devices that doesn't require you to. And Andy is now. Andy, stop it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Corporate advertising, sorry. Um, <laughs> and syncing stuff to the cloud, fine, but expensive, because there's an internet connection which is not very reliable and expensive to use. You have very, very fast connection between the computer and the mobile device called Wi Fi. And we're not really doing anything interesting with it, apart from syncing files from iTunes to iPhones. <laughs> And that's about it. And it just seems really strange that we're not actually doing anything with this actually potentially really useful thing because we've got these weird assumptions that the cloud is the answer to everything. And, you know, that. But the cloud is the answer to everything. <laughs> when it's available. <laughs> it is. The it's cloud just... is the answer to everything. <laughs> What? And day eight, there was the cloud. That's it. <laughs> Clouds. And it was good. <laughs> Clouds. <laughs> so, so I was, I was thinking, like the solution I've come up with is, so you've got Android. Android runs Java. Um, we just stick Jetty on Android, right? We can do yes. And anything that we actually want, we just have our own little private web app that talks to between computer and phone. There's a simple API, HTTP. Ah, but uh, right. So, okay, just can I just jump in here, right? Have you seen AirDroid? Uh, no. AirDroid is very clever. It's not well. It's not clever, but it's it's really useful because it basically right. uses your phone as a web server, and you can. There's a bunch of um, was it systems that sit on top of that. So, for example. You can transfer files. It's really easy. But you can also get messages from your phone directly onto your computer. Stuff like that is really, really well hmm. thought out. The thing I really want is just the ability to call a URL on my phone, and it tells me where I am GP over, over GPS. You know, it gets my GPS location and gives it back to me. Yeah, okay, gotcha. That I would mean... be really fucking amazing if we could have that. It would make a lot more sense than having to tr do Wi-Fi, you know, triangulation or all that other crap that it does. Well, Wi-Fi so, triangulation. So wi well, actually, wi you can do that, package. which is, you can you can have it so that if you're using, um, or you could theoretically have that, which is what actually the um, the mobile three hotspots do. Right. Which is when 
the service which everyone uses for getting Wi-Fi location sends out an HTTP call. It grabs those HTTP packets, works out where you are based on cell tower triangulation, and responds instantly and basically fakes a response back to the client saying, oh, this is where you are, which is a really clever way of doing it, but kind of uncomfortable with intercepting other people's HTTP requests um, for reasons we may have discussed earlier in the show. See Rails. Um. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Yeah, I'm not that. Um, but anyway, it just seems like there's a real potential there that nobody's really playing with, because I don't know why. Like, There could be any number of reasons why. No, Probably surrounding people being fashion-driven douchebags. But... Um, <laughs> is that the sound today? Is, is, is that an ironic one or is that a. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I gotta say, I think you are right. I, okay, so. Uh, what can I say? I, I will say. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that um, there's work that I'm doing um, and we're using the mobile um, and the sensors on the mobile a lot. Is this your perceptive media stuff? It might be. Oh, sorry. Okay. Might it be that? <laughs> <laughs> it might be, yes. Um, but the key thing is that the mobile as a sensor rather than all the traditional stuff that we think of as for mobiles. So. Because, I mean, the, the thing for me is I have this mobile device which is kind of okay, it's a bit clunky, and then have this laptop which I can actually type on. Um, it just seems a pain that this piece of shit that sits in my pocket is now more powerful than this device that's twice as expensive and has a very, very fast processor and a keyboard. Uh... It just seems kind of bizarre to me that in terms of actual sensing ability and kind of device self-awareness, I, I don't know, it's just fucking annoying that um, I'm like the only holdout who thinks that desktops and laptops are a fucking great idea and that mobiles are kind of a bit meh. Yeah, it's I think it's just Apple getting everyone's brains. So Sorry? Sort of, I think it's, it's just Apple. To be fair, I, I have an I have an Apple laptop and an Android phone. I still get I've got a um, Bluetooth GPS um, that I can carry in my pocket, and so I can get a, a track as I go around taking photos, and then I can mm. get that track off of the Bluetooth receiver onto the computer, and then map it against the the photo timestamps. Why can't I agree with you? Why can't I do the same with my phone and just literally? have the phone on the desk next to my laptop, whatever protocol it's using, whatever connectivity it's using, have it treated as, you know, the GPS receiver or the desktop. You can. Have, it's have just, a more... You can, it's just it's a pain in the ass and you have to use GPSD and things like that, which is fine, but it seems a bit strange that we're still using, essentially, a, a glorified serial port to communicate yeah. between devices Absolutely. in 2013 when we have things like actual protocols that we could use which have been defined and things like that. Um, have something a little bit more high level. Anyway, that's my serious rant. Of the I, I mean, well, okay, so just just a little bit as on the side is that um, we'll wrap around the show, I guess. Is that, um, I think it's really interesting that stuff like um, the Fitbit is in your, no, in your pocket and 
Mm. Um, you should be able to also interface with that, you know, using standard technology and standard protocols. Um, and that's why I'm hoping that the the Bluetooth 4.0 and it, once they kind of got that sorted, that'll be really interesting because that's got a wealth of data on it that um, I don't. I shouldn't have to go to the cloud to go and get. I should be able to get it from that yeah, device. I, I have this weird thing, right? So on my phone, I I have Dropbox, and Dropbox has this thing which is called Camera Sync, which is really uh, handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just seems utterly strange that the primary way I get my lap my my photos from my phone to my laptop is that I upload them to a server somewhere in the US and then I download them again. That seems retarded. I don't know. It just seems like we've made a major misstep here. And actually, I was one of the weirdos who thought that iTunes Sync was a really fucking great idea. Um, uh, you know, you plug you you plug your iPod into. You live and learn. You plug your <laughs> iPod into your computer, and it syncs all your shit. That's pretty cool. I like oh, that. Without using the cloud. Without using the cloud. Wrong. The cloud is the answer. Wrong. The cloud is the answer. It's the answer. I think on that note, cloud apostates here. I'd like to just introduce you to the cloud. Well, I can edit that one out. Oh man, I think we better cut it down. Um. Should we take us take us out, Tom? Yeah. Um, oh right. That God. that was Tech Grumps number sixty six. Point six. Point six 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 recurring. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and if you didn't, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> we'll be back sometime. Um, <laughs> only leaves like me it. to give everyone the chance to say goodbye. Um, Andy Piper. Goodbye. And David Eastman. <laughs> Goodbye. Ian Forrester. The cloud is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Natalia Buckley. Goodbye. And, <laughs> and from me, Tom Morris, I have only one thing to say. Go fuck yourselves. Bye. Hey. Bye. <laughs> Bye.